Hey guys, bad news this week. The file for the first half of this podcast is corrupted. I spent the last four or five hours trying to get it recovered, trying to get it fixed, trying to get it to work just to get the audio from it. Not even the video that I wanted to put with it, but it's been impossible. So at this point, I'm just going to take the rest of the podcast, edit it a little bit, put it out in this form. It's it's a little bit of a silly podcast. It's a little bit of a podcast that goes all over the place. Whether you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. If you were just here for the football stuff and just talking about week one, unfortunately, that all got lost. So maybe you'll enjoy this. Maybe you won't. I'll just put it up anyway, and it's there if you want it. You're going to get a lot more people in this space um, at the Action Network or wherever it is who are going to use this data and chart um, and make it part of the regular conversation. Um, I what there's like next generation stats on a broadcast the other day. And I was sitting there like, man, that is new. Like five years ago, that just wasn't part of the broadcast. And it wasn't, and it, and it was one of those things where I was like, I bet a lot of people are very angry about this being on the broadcast. And that's just part of breaking through. But you mentioned the amount of data that's available. And that, this is kind of a big thing for me where there's a lot of data available in the NFL coverage right now, but a huge percentage of it is just for content purposes rather than actual valuable analysis and the thing that kind of happens so like is what like, well like just for like i was talking about it earlier just with the the passer rating like there's no actual value to that of measuring the pass rating against a specific cornerback because the cornerback controls 25 percent of that passer rating on any given play he doesn't control the whole thing so you can't just use that and it's not a situation like where you've got defensive rating in in the nba where it's, uh, he, he's giving up this many points when he's on the floor. It's a specific one part of the whole defense, and there's no value value to it. And you have stuff like single, uh, single number representations of a whole quarterback's performance. Like they Basically what you've done is you've taken the old passer rating that everyone knows is useless and just adjusted it a little bit and then thrown it out there as if, hey, he, this guy's an 86 and that guy's a 74 and whatever else it is. And it's good for content, but it's not really giving you anything to build an argument off of or build an argument around or against even because there's no actual details or, or analysis to it. But I think where I've come from with a lot of this stuff is like, I think why part of what I thought differently, I guess, or whatever Zach was talking about. Um, to me, like statistics, fa- factual statements, whatever you want to call them in that box score. But just because they're factual statements does not mean it's an accurate re- uh, reflection of what has happened on the field or what each player on the field has specifically done to get to that number. And that's kind of been the big kind of discrepancy, I think, between going from, hey, if you have a quarterback who wins 10 games, he's a good quarterback, to, hey, this quarterback, like Andy Dalton, best example. Andy Dalton was on Super Bowl teams for six years, and they lost in the wild card round every year, but he was a playoff quarterback, even though he was the reason they were losing earlier than they should have. So I think that's kind of the, the gap between the line, one line of thinking and the newer line of thinking. Well, like this morning I decided, hey, am I going to go for a run? Is it hot out? So I looked at the temperature and it was 73 degrees out, but it was muggy as hell, like 100% humidity. And it like felt more like 82. And Wait, aren't you in a tornado like, right now? Yeah, a hurricane's coming. Hurricane. Um, so you're just and, out yeah. running in hurricanes? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, it's like wind that's a movie. training, right? I think that's a movie that has Hurricane Heist, guys. Hurricane Heist. Yo, oh. that is worth a rental. By the way, it I... is Australian people trying to do Alabama accents. It is amazing. By the way, I want to do, so... this. I want to do this live on the pod right now. Zach, will you go to Google there and type in Dave Batista and Pierce Brosnan? And then just tell me what you see. Dave Batista, Pierce Brosnan? Okay. 
Uh, Dave Batista, Pierce Brosnan. If I can get some kind of internet service, we've got final score. 2018, Dave Batista stars as an ex-soldier forced into action when armed terrorists take control of a packed football stadium. What? And Pierce Brosnan has a massive white beard. What? Oh, he does. It's like that. Oh, uh, it's remember, there was like a hockey version of this years ago with Steven Seagal. Pierce Brosnan's Irish, right? Yeah. Is he your favorite actor then? Or is it Tom, Liam what were you saying? <laughs> Did you know that Steven Seagal was like the... Um... Was like the Tai Chi, uh, like coach for the top agent at CAA, Michael Ovitz, like 30 years ago. And the yeah. the agent was like, "Hey, we should just turn you into a Hollywood like uh, star," and it worked. I like, thought you were gonna say like... Michael Flynn there. <laughs> uh, Ovitz was like, "Yeah, my Tai Chi master. He's he's great. You should get into acting." And it turned into Steven Seagal. Um, anyway. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying, but can I get to my rant? Can I get You're to my running. rant? I thought you already had your rant. Buggy. Oh, 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 to finish that thought, to finish that thought. Um, you know, you could, you might look at temperature, but feels like temperature might actually be more accurate to, you know, do I want to run today? So the, the humidity included temperature might actually be the one you want to look at. So in many ways, like, Hey, points per game is pretty good. That'll give you a pretty good estimate of how good this team is. But if you want a real, uh, more accurate representation of how good a defense is, you might look at points allowed per 100 possessions. And so it's, yes, points per game is good, but if you want to have a more accurate representation, have everyone on the same scale, um, you might look at points per 100 possessions, which five years ago, I remember Brian Winhurst coming to me and being like, do I really need to put per 100 possessions in these game stories? I'm like, yes, yes. And I gave him the Phoenix Suns example from seven seconds or less where it's like, hey, they're a terrible defense, obviously, because they allow a billion points per game. But if you look at a per possession basis, they're actually pretty good at defending. They're right, right around average. And Winhurst from then on was like, you know what? That's That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to do it. So I think just uh, if you make people – in this instance, it's more predictive. Per 100 possessions is more predictive than using points per game or per game metrics. So um, that should tell you that the information is better for you from a predictive sense. But from a game story sense, a lot of people don't want to hear per 100 possessions. And when I do on-air hits, I try not to say per 100 possessions because it tunes people out and it scares people in many ways. Like if I watch a, a weather broadcast and they start bringing in all these acronyms, I have no idea what they're talking about. All I want to know is when is the storm going to hit? That's all I want to know. Can you yeah. please just tell me when this storm is going to hit? I don't need all these metrics. Just give me this thing. In many ways, sports fans are the same way. Whereas if you have a sound bite and you just want the information, try to stay away from the acronyms and all that sort of stuff because it tunes a lot of people away from the actual uh, information that they need. So um, that was a long contrived analogy about temperature. And I'm thinking about this Hurricane Florence. It's on my mind. Uh, also on my mind, guys. You know in fantasy football how uh, there's this debate? I don't know if you guys play. I do. I do not. Tom, Tom, I'm going to do the thing that no one likes. My team won this week. Nobody cares. <sighs> I'm one in three. One in three? It's only been one week. Well, it's got I know. four teams. Oh, yeah. Do the math. Wait, wait, wait but which, which, which is the one? That's important. I know. Uh, it's probably the, the, the worst one. The one that I don't care about. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, you know, in fantasy football, there's always a debate. Should we allow kickers? 
Should we give kicker points? Wait, you're out on kickers? I'm out on kickers, not just in fantasy football. I'm out on kickers in the NFL at all. Whoa! Get rid of them. It's insane. It's blasphemous to have these soccer players playing in a football, not, you know, European football, in an American football game where you have Khalil Mack and Aaron Rodgers battling it out for a game, and then you bring out Martin Gramatica to come out and <laughs> kick the game-winning field goal. It's Whoa. madness. It's ma- all, right, I, all right, ready? Game six, NBA Finals, the Warriors versus the Cavs. It's 91 to 88. There's three seconds left, and the Cavs need to score three points. All right, let's bring out their swimmer off the bench. He's got to swim as many meters in three seconds to see who's going to win this game. Ready? Go. All right, he looks. To, he jumps into the water, and it's great. LeBron James is watching him. Great stride by the swimmer. LeBron James jumps up. It's good. Yes. The game is over. The Cavs have won because a swimmer did something totally different than the actual game that that's, we've been watching for the past 48 minutes. Do you not see how insane it is that we rely on kickers for three points when they have nothing to do with football? The game of football is to go from one end of the field to the next, right? Right? Why is there a 16 and a half beam in the middle of the sky that you somehow have to get the soccer player to hit this ablong ball and kick it into the air and in that upright 10 feet off the ground. It makes no sense that this will be something worth half of a touchdown. You know what we should do, Kian? Kian, instead of having like an all or nothing drive and banning kickers and oh my, what are we gonna do? Instead of having um, kickers, why don't we just say if you get it within 10 yards, you get or uh, 10 yards of the goal line, it's half the red zone. Maybe this is the purple zone. I don't know. The purple zone, you get three points. And if you get into the end zone, it's seven. I just need something other than kickers ruining what I'm watching. It's it's blasphemy that we have kickers, soccer players, you know, basically deciding NFL games. Thanks to uh, Bill Burr for being on the pod for the last three months. And <laughs> I, I, um, okay. I, I love okay. the fact Give that we me- had... Kickoffs, kickoffs are touchbacks uh, wait, twenty or sixty percent of the time. I got an idea. I got an idea. If we're getting rid of kickers, the kickoff is just a throw. Just have right. the quarterback throw it as far down the field as possible. Yes, it's more like now Kyle Bowler. Actual... Kyle Bowler's back in the NFL. He's got okay, a job. Jamarcus Russell has a place in the NFL. How about this? Every skilled player, every skilled position player in the NFL. You can only use them as a punter or kicker. If you're gonna allow kickers, you should oh, not man. have actual kickers who have no. You have to do multiple skills in an NFL game, basically. To be <laughs> now a- your long, and, your and long he's snap be a player to Antonio again. Brown. Your long snap into Antonio on Antonio Brown on a punt, and now he gets to decide. Oh shit, I could run this thing, or yes. now I gotta kick it. Is it this way more entertaining? <gasps> yes. And, and Dominic Sue's value just went through the roof because he can kick. Uh, yes. By the way, by the way, I love. What, t- you I would. It was so much more interesting if Nama Kinsu was 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 kicking uh, their punts or their their field goals. It would be so much better. I, I have two two thoughts here. I, I love the fact that uh, Tom had all this like balance and forward thinking analysis, and then he just went back to shouting it. Get rid of the kicker. I hate the kicker, no, which is, is like everyone's been doing for this, sixty years. And low hanging fruit. <laughs> I'm trying makes- to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how you block the swimmer in basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just throw a shark into the it's water? Just water yeah. 
Yeah, you throw a shark. Um, Michael Phelps you just would race like that an shark. Anvil, like in Looney Tunes, and you just dump it on top of him, and then you're you're done. But I also <laughs> I also love in the middle of all of this rant, Zach popped up with the long snapper, which is also the worst position of football ever, and we just glossed over what that. Snapper do what all he does is snap the ball along. He snaps it. He snaps it in a long fashion. Right, but what else does he do? Snaps the ball. Does, does a it literally does nothing. Doesn't he just like dunk his head into the knees of the next player in front of him? Pretty, Pretty much. much. And then they have to ban jumping. What, what was it? Didn't Cam they have to Chancellor. ban jumping on field goal kicks or something like that? If you can jump over a player on the line to go yes. block a field goal, you should get ten points. You know what the problem <laughs> with that is? It's too awesome. Right? Are we, Why are we taking away the awesome fun. plays in football? We are now trying to fix football the way we fix baseball. We're not trying to. We're doing it. <laughs> See, this is the euthanizing, not euthanizing, ethanizing same, the podcast where you yeah. need, Ken, you need outsiders like Zach and I who don't yeah. really study the NFL. We just come in and we're coming in with these curveballs. We're just, we're coming. It looks like a fastball that we're going to give you a very, very boilerplate answer to your question. But instead, man, this is. This is swirling around. I love, that Zach, is I love that Zach's an outsider on his own podcast. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Okay, okay. Counter, Kian, you're Skip Bayless. I'm Steven. I just came up whoa, with a theory. Whoa, no, I'm not the one shouting here. You can be Skip Bayless. Does that make me I'll Molly? Does that right, make me Molly? Give me, yeah, you're, you're Molly. <laughs> All right. All right. Kian, go. Give me, the, give me the, the, the defend the kicker. Defend the kicker. Well, you have, all right. I don't know about field goals and stuff like that, but... I don't like the. Can't just can't just swipe side swipe. I don't know about field goal kickers. When that's <laughs> yeah, the entire argument. No, because the, the part that, to go the part that matters to me. Conversion. And this is the everything part, should be a two point conversion. The part the part that actually might happen and the NFL is thinking about is getting rid of kickoffs. And I don't like that because I don't like the idea of one team not having to actually give the ball back to the other team. So when a team scores a touchdown now, the ball is just going to be placed at the twenty yard line and they're going to play from there, which feels Ooh, like what I'm about watching, this. That feels like a wait, wait, wait. college league game or something. What about this? Make it, take it. You get a, you get a touchdown. You get to keep the ball. It's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, hey, you know what? Like the is. whole like reset. Like Kian, you don't and like Molly, the whole resetting. It, the resetting nature of it is just like, oh, if they score, we get it. Yeah, at... I don't like the idea of just hey, we're putting the ball on your side of the field and you've got it now. I like the idea of the one team physically having to give the ball back to them. And the other part of that is, if you are down by two scores and it's late in the game. And you want to get the ball back, you're never have an opportunity to get the ball back. There's no onside kicks. So you're taking a drama. Out of it's the like score. a 95. No, not true. Not true. Not true. Because here's the thing: if we're doing the throw off, we're doing the throw off. You just throw that bitch 10 yards in the air. You yeah. just throw it. It's three flies up, and you your athletes get to go get it. Instead of trying to run and go catch a ball, no, you throw it high in the air. It's got to go 10 yards, and then. You know, Julio Jones gets to go fly out from the Raptors and, I feel like and every, catch it. Every team would have like a Yao Ming then, just for kickoffs. Great! Now we're we're replacing kickers with actual athletes. That's yes. what we're doing. Thank you. So Thank we're, you. We're basketballizing football. In other words, I want to see Ben Roethlisberger's fat ass have to throw it down the field after leading a touchdown drive. That's Greg Zuerlein. Is that how you pronounce it? Zuerlein. Yeah, yeah. Zuerlein. Greg the leg. Greg the Leg had 95 kickoffs last year and 73 were touchbacks. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, that's but fair. but Tom, Tom, he also had like 15 points for me last night, so I don't yeah, know what but, to do here. But then you don't, then you don't get guys who kick the ball through the field or through the goalposts in Denver, which is awesome. And you don't get that guy who did that punt for the Seahawks at the weekend, who punted it from his own 
16 to the opposition 2, I think, and actually kicked it straight out of bounds. So that's what about feat. this idea? What about this idea? I hate when you get this. If on, if, on, if on a kickoff, it goes through the goalpost, you get three more points. So every team would just keep scoring three points on a team. See, no, see, no, that's Zach, so hard to, no. Get, to kick it 80 it's fucking not yards through that's, a goalpost. That's not football. If we're going to have kickers, let's make them actually have a chance to, to score some more points. I feel like I've been cornered in a bar and I just got the two whole people, point, people shouting at me. Welcome to Summer point, League. <laughs> the <laughs> whole point stories. of this is so that soccer players aren't deciding football games. That's my thing. I have nothing against soccer players. I just no, think that if, soccer. if you, it, it's like, imagine soccer at the end of a game, instead of going to penalty kicks, you just had like two guys try to tackle each other. Like, you had two guys, like, like Jimmy Grant did you have Red is Rover? going is against. That's what it's called. Or Bulldog. That's what we used to call it. Where you like, when you're kids, yeah. you line up like 25 people on each side oh, yeah. and just one chase oh, and catch Rover. you over. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. that's what you want. It, it would be madness. It'd be, you'd be like, that's dumb because that's not even the sport. We've been playing this sport the whole time. Why are we doing that sport when it like matters? Like, what is, what is that? So w- what would be the downside? Just, just think workshopping this idea here on this podcast with two very highly intelligent uh, people here. If you, if you got points, depending on how like far Tom's you... eyes are closed right now. He says that. <laughs> it feels like he's like meditating. He's it. like pulling in like some sort of power. <laughs> Let's say, let's say you got it within the thirty-yard line. You would get one point. Is that too many? This is like um, too many. This That's is, too many. This points. is cornhole. You're you're even strousing this this sport. Here we no. go. Just land, get just land the bag on the on the board. Is intuitive. Cornhole no, here's the is thing. Intuitive. Here's Kickers the thing. getting half as many points as a touchdown. Soccer players getting half as many tu- uh, points as a touchdown by football players. That isn't unintuitive. Tom, that I've got make- it. I've got it. I've got it. So this essentially becomes uh, press your luck. Okay? We're turning football into press your luck. You get it inside the 20. I don't know what that is. Uh, you'll figure it out. You get it inside the 20. <laughs> you, get, you get three points. Okay? You can take those three points or you can keep trying to go. So you get inside the 10. You get five points. No, no, no. Get inside the, we'll go from 20-yard line to you get inside the five. You get five points. Okay? But... If you then decide I want to get in the end zone for seven, because we're getting rid of kickers, so we don't we don't need that extra point. We don't need need seven for a touchdown. So if you do that and you fail to get in the end zone, you lose those five points. Oh wait, zero. Lose you get a yeah. So if you go if you get inside the twenty and you get those three points, but you say no, we're gonna try to get it get into the end zone, and you fail to do that and you fail to get into the five yard line, boom, you lose those points. I'm so just, it really becomes like a game of strategy. I, I'm looking at like the top seri- very kind of serious topics I have in front of me that I was going to ask Tom about, and now I'm just like, no, just I, I don't oh, have paper. I'm just going to throw it in the John air Carney. and just move on. You want on. John Carney to be the all-time leader in scoring in football, or do you want Jerry Rice? Which one? <laughs> John yeah. Carney. Yeah. I don't know. Randy Moss you is want, better than Jerry Rice. I want Randy Moss. To you be want the Morton leader. Anderson to be technically more valuable yeah, than then, Randy Moss. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have that guy who kicked the ball with no toes, and we wouldn't be able to talk about him. He had like a yeah. straight on I don't, brick at the top look, of his foot. This may be a controversial thing that we have to edit out of the podcast. I don't think you should be playing football if you don't have toes. Wait, JPP is not <laughs> happy with you. <laughs> JPP is still out there with no fingers, man. I like that I said I was going to stick around for five minutes. And then Tom started like throwing around these ideas and I got excited. 
I mean, it's it's you but, know, by the way, it's, uh, it's something to think about. I don't know if I just You'll never watch a game the same way. Oh no, I'm gonna be so angry every time a kick happens. About 20 minutes ago, the recording stopped for like three minutes. I don't know what we lost, but we lost something. I think it was a lot of Tom's rant. Well, that, I'm so very that, convenient that you probably lost. just hurricane talk. The podcast, the podcast is now ruined because no one will be able to follow the, the serious nature of it. I oh, just throw, throw some bossa nova music into it and they, they won't know what we said. <laughs> well, Jade, there you Good go. Marketing. Well, I do actually band have, kickers. I, I have... It's some um, band kickers. Right, God so with, with, with the same brilliant line of logic that brought you to banning kickers, uh, how did you... <laughs> well, I, I did actually want to ask you about um, just the thought process of when Russell Westbrook, again, going back to Westbrook, when he had that MVP season, and the reason I go back to that is because I have the same kind of thing with Carson Wentz a lot. They talked a lot about his triple doubles. And you, at one point, broke it down and went like, why are we measuring 10, 10, 10, or 20-point games and stuff like that? And went with James Harden's thing. And honestly, I, I don't know if I really have much of a question here other than what kind of brought you to foregoing the, the 10. It seems obvious in hindsight. But what kind of brought you to foregoing that and coming up with the different numbers to measure the player valuably? Well, I mean, if if the not, if the tenth if the tenth rebound increased their chances of winning by an exponential amount, then I would be like, yes, absolutely, that's a big deal. Um, but it just seems kind of arbitrary to reward a guy who, uh, let's say, let's say he's on the verge of getting his tenth rebound, but the guy on the other team makes the shot, and therefore the 10th rebound wasn't available. Was that a worse game than if that guy missed the shot and he grabbed it, just the ball just fell into his hands? No, it's obvious that that 10th rebound actually doesn't make a huge difference. It's just back in 1955, it was hard to figure out if a guy had a good game or not because they only had like three numbers they looked at. And now we have 300 numbers to look at. And so we just have a lot much better tools in the toolbox to like analyze whether he had a good game. So 50 years ago, triple doubles, analyzing a player's value using triple doubles was great. But now we don't need a sledgehammer to do surgery. We have so many different uh, tools at our disposal. So we don't have to like think in these very uh, prehistoric ways about the game. We can actually be like, um, you know, he did have 10 assists, but he had, you know, 11 turnovers that cost him the game or six turnovers that were super critical and changed the win probability of him uh, of the of the Thunder winning the game. So those six turnovers actually outweigh any good that he had in those 10 assists and actually cost him the game. But if you're looking at the very, you know, Neanderthal way of looking at it, hey, triple-double, he had a great game. And in fact, he probably, you know, there's probably a lot more to it. Well, there's a very simple comparison there that I have with football in Russell Westbrook early in his career, or Westbrook, Russell Wilson, and similar name, just that's coincidence. But Russell Wilson early in his career didn't throw the ball a lot but he was still playing phenomenally well. And he was like legitimate MVP candidate guy. When Peyton Manning threw for 50 touchdowns, I thought Russell Wilson was right there, right behind him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league and an MVP candidate because he was uh, transcending difficult conditions and making phenomenal throws over and over and over and over again. But he didn't throw the ball that often because they had a great defense and they had Marshawn Lynch. So then you come to later in his career and over the past three years, his performances have got worse and worse and worse and worse, but he's throwing the ball more. And he's throwing the ball more late in games because his teams are losing more often. And he's racking up these numbers. And it's the point of he's, his numbers now, like, like we talk about, if you just look at his touch and interception ratio, look at his yards, they're all much better now than they were five or six years ago. But his performances, looking past just the traditional idea of 
these numbers mean you're playing well. His performances have gotten worse and worse and worse. His interceptable pass rate went from being the fourth best in the NFL three years ago to the 13th best to the 29th best. So right. that's, a, that's a consistent drop and a consistent fall-off. But because he's throwing the ball more, because he's had that little bit of a sample where he's avoiding interceptions and getting lucky, and his touchdowns are going up, everyone's like, oh, he's a star now. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's the whole usage and uh, efficiency trade-off. And in the NBA, the more that you shoot, uh, the less efficiency you're going to have. So if you gave the ball to LeBron and said, hey, shoot 100 times, he's not going to shoot 60% from the floor. He's Well, actually, you bad example, LeBron probably could. Yeah. Monta, um, Monta. He's coming back. Uh, Monta. <laughs> Monta, I love it. Um you know, you, you have this a lot in the NBA where a guy uh, is deemed to be a superstar, and so he starts adding a lot more shots to his game, and he scores 20 points a game, and everyone says he's developed into this great player. Um, and if Andrew Wiggins continues to do this six years from now, that will be the guy. Um, but I'm not going to do that because Zach is on this podcast, and he is right to point out that he's very young. And just wait on Andrew Wiggins. Wait, wait, hold on. He's, hold he's, on. The, only, Zach... he's the only young guy. He's the only young guy. We're like, oh yeah, he's already 23. Zach, Zach, Zach on this podcast has already stated that he wouldn't really care that much if the Timberwolves won the NBA. He prefers hating on the Raiders now. So don't, don't worry yeah. about Zach. My hatred for the Raiders eclipses any sports fandom I have. If the Raiders fans are miserable, I am happy. The Timberwolves wow. can win the so championship you're, you're tomorrow. A, I wouldn't care. You're as long a as smi- the Raiders you can't had last see it. You can't see it on the pod, but his lips are ear to ear right now. He's oh. smiling right now. The... the the Schadenfreude in Raiderdom is unbelievable, right? Look, now. I grew up. I grew up next to that dumbass fan base. I endured them for decades, and then I worked for that team for a year, and it was awful, awful dealing with that fan base. I've seen porta potties pushed over. I've seen just piss all over the floor of the bathroom in the stadium. Like, I don't like the fan base. I'm sorry. Like, it, there are individual Raider fans that I enjoy because I can. I can. They overcome just need to wear diapers. Is that what's happening? They just need to not be horrendous people. That's what they need. And the whole like, oh, the black hole. Oh, the black hole. Oh, what raucous fans. Oh my God. Oh, they're going towards the black hole. It's loud. It doesn't matter when you have a dog shit team in front of you. No one cares how loud it is. Yeah. Raiders suck. They're always going to suck. They're always going to have the most penalties. It's not a it's not a, a ploy by the referees who hate the Raiders, so they're out for the Raiders or anything like that. You have an undisciplined, shitty team. You always will. This is just Raider Nation. If you're a Vegas fan, a Raiders fan who lives in Vegas, Zach is there every summer. You can go say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Come say hello. Right. I want to get my one last question in before this continues to go completely off the rails. Um, you started off with gravity, didn't you? The idea of gravity in the NBA? Yes, me and Kevin Pelton, yes. So, actually, let you explain that for NFL fans who don't know what I'm talking about. All right, well, if you've ever played basketball with Zach Harper, you know what gravity is. As soon as he touches the ball, <laughs> it's going every, up. all five, <laughs> that too, but all five defenders have to gravitate towards him because he's so good and he's a great shooter. So the idea of gravity is what if you could quantify the pull that a guy has on the court, like he's magnetic. Steph Curry, when he crosses half court, you have to guard him from 40 feet in because he might pull up and launch from 40 feet. Um, and that wasn't quantified before, but sport view cameras, which is just, you know, basically like a GPS tracking um, of all the 10 players on the court. You can actually see how the defense kind of shifts towards Steph Curry when he has the ball. And when he doesn't have the ball, 
the defense still glues onto him and shades towards Steph so that he doesn't get an open shot. And the same thing that goes for Klay Thompson. And if uh, there's this big study on nylon calculus that just came out today that Steph Curry, because of this gravity thing that we came up with a few years ago, because of this gravity, everyone else's shot quality and shooting percentages go up just by virtue of him being on the floor. And that's such a foreign concept. If like 15 years ago, I said there was a stat that could analyze your, your quality of shots by playing with Zach Harper. I'm I'm equating Zach to Steph Curry here. Um, Then, then that would be pretty cool. And today we can do that. So gravity is simply uh, how, much the defense shifts towards you when you do or don't have the ball. And Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kyle Korver are really good at this, but that's kind of conventional. The The guy that isn't conventional five years ago was Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade had a really high gravity score, and it was like, hmm, what's going on there? So that was an article. It's so is the, simplest expo- or the simplest example of that is when Clay is standing in the corner, defenders can't leave him. They have to stay out there. Yes. Like, that creates more yeah. space to drive You're, to the basket. You, one of the most confusing things in analyzing basketball is when you figure out or when you see Kyle Korver or Clay Thompson or whomever get a wide-open look. And you're like, how do you ever leave those guys? And a lot of times it doesn't It doesn't happen. Like, these, these guys are really good at finding open spots on the floor. But a lot of times you will see someone just, I'm going to glue. I'm gonna be glued to Clay Thompson. I can't leave him. And – the shitty thing about that is he doesn't even care if he has space to, to shoot a basketball, right? Like, you yeah, can be on top of him. He's, he's right. still going to let it fly. But that's the gravity of, like, you cannot – like, it doesn't matter what your defensive principles are. They go out the window with Clay Thompson because he's the second greatest shooter of all time. You lose him because right, you're fighting there's LeBron one way you in the pool. It. It said you lose him because you're fighting LeBron in the pool. If right, exactly, because LeBron's trying to block your swimmer, <laughs> and it's tough. Yes. No, yeah, the, it's so, tough. So the, the football equivalent here, and it's a good week to do it because Bill Belichick just put two guys on DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans game and said to the Texans, I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins out of the game. You can do whatever the hell you want everywhere else, but I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins. Basically, box and one in basketball. Yeah, box and one is I'm going to stick a guy on this defender. We're going to play zone the other way, but we're going to add a defender on him constantly, and you're not going to be able to give him the ball or anything. Um, he put two guys on him because I'm guessing the other receivers were garbage. No, it's because DeAndre Hopkins is phenomenal. So the other and Will Fuller was out, so it was easy. Right, but to that, do. doesn't that doesn't that expose him to, you know, the other guys getting the ball open? That's that's the point. But the thing is, Belichick is so much better than everyone else, and the NFL is so regressive in its thinking. And Watson was poor in the game that they weren't able to take advantage of it. But Belichick's whole idea there is, I'm giving you more favorable opportunities you've got one-on-ones in space like we I explained to zach earlier in the pod that the the same or that fitzpatrick was able to put up huge numbers against the saints because they took this game plan where everyone was playing one-on-one in space and if you're doing that against mike evans who's six foot six and runs 40 yards in four and a half seconds or whatever it is and you're doing it against the sean jackson it's not going to work but the kind of very obvious overt example of it is what i was just talking about with hopkins but odell beckham i wrote an article, article on him a few weeks ago Odell Beckham against the Baltimore Ravens two years ago, he played in a game where the, the, the Ravens defense kept the safety over his side of the field constantly. So no matter what the rest of the offense is doing, Beckham lined up on the right side, the safety stayed on the numbers on the right side, and it freed everything up for everyone else. And Beckham was so good, actually, that he still finished that game with 224 receiving yards or whatever it was. And the, But the whole idea, the whole comparable thing of gravity with you or gravity in basketball 
to the NFL, I believe, is more the safeties and where they line up on the field. When you have a receiver of Beckham's quality, you can always anticipate that the safety is going to go be more cheating to that side than to the other side. And that's a very simple thing, but it's an important thing for everyone else on the court or on the field. So, um, so is it possible for Odell Beckham Jr. to have a really good game without having a catch? Yeah, absolutely. But him just being on the field, like, so in that, in that Ravens game, he had nothing until the last five minutes of the game, the last six minutes of the game or something like that. And Barkley too. Barkley like just unleashed like a 65 yard. Yeah. And he, he should have been tackled yeah. three times in that game. So, but <laughs> on that, on that run. So saying I should trade him. Okay. Go on. Take him. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't trade him. He, <laughs> this is just fancy football advice for you this week. Wait, Tom, is there a way to trade him to me, even though we're not in the same league? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the thing, the thing about Beckham is when you have that kind of quality, it's, he needs three or four players to put up big numbers. But the big argument or the big outcry when he signed his contract was he doesn't have an impact on the game. But he does have an impact on every single play. In that Ravens game, he was opening up everything for everyone else. And then there was the four or five plays where the safety cheated the other side of the field or they tried to blitz or they tried to play aggressive coverage. And he caught a slant and went 60 yards for a touchdown. So it's like his impact is always there just because you're not seeing it. And it speaks to what we were talking about earlier. He's off camera, so no one knows what the safeties are doing when they're watching the broadcast. But just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean the impact isn't there. Right. So couldn't they have like a little graphic, like double coverage? Um, oh, well, they don't even need that. Just pull the camera back very, very, yeah. very little bit. ESPN did it in college football recently, and it, it works perfectly. But apparently... I, I assume they do studies on this. Apparently, these close-up action shots are what football fans want. Did you know that um, at the Combine, they, they track punters and kickers' hand size? Uh, I heard um, uh, a scout who works for PaulKuharski.com's uh, Paul site. He was talking today about Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota injured his elbow at the, week, or at the weekend, and he couldn't throw the ball properly after injuring his elbow. And they said Mariota doesn't have big palms, but he has long fingers. And after he injured his elbow, his final two fingers weren't on the ball as they released it. And I was sat there going, what the fuck are we talking about? So they measured his <laughs> hands, the size of his palms, and the length of his fingers and compared it to other quarterbacks. Well, I guess that make, I mean, are fingers more important than the palm size for quarterbacks? I have no idea. <laughs> but it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the knocks on Kaepernick that he's got small hands. Oh, this this reminds me that uh, it's a myth that free throw shooters uh, have smaller hands than like bad free throw shooters have huge hands and good free throw shooters have small hands. It's hey, a total myth. I looked this up. This is perfect. Julia, Julius Irving, Julius Irving has like the biggest hands ever, and he shot like seventy seven percent. Yeah, right? like, Yao Ming, Yao Ming has like uh, Yao Ming has huge hands. Kawhi Leonard has huge Kawhi, hands. Right. And none of them have problems shooting free throws. But right. when Shaq does it, suddenly it makes all the sense in the world that if you have big hands, you can't shoot free throws. Yeah. I just want to, I want one more point on gravity uh, that maybe Tom can clear up. Uh, Tom, where will I shoot it from? Um, anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. Uh, I, outside. I, I, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was certain he was going to ask about the movie. Greenlight? No. Greenlight Harper is where I wouldn't know a red light if I saw one. <laughs> Not great for driving. 
Um, I don't like you can do whatever. By the way, the reason the reason I wanted to do this podcast wasn't to have Zach on it and ruin it all, but because I think the first time we did uh, the mailbag probably two years ago on Count of Dings as the name is now these days, I think. Yeah, your name changes all the time, I don't know. On Count of Dings was Tom and I had a conversation about sports all being the same thing, just different concepts of we've got five guys, we want to stop you getting the ball in the basket here, and it's all about closing off space on defense. And on offense, it's about creating space that you can work in and score from. And my line of thinking is basketball and football, largely the same in terms of concepts, in terms of what you want to do. And that's why there are things that can cross over, except obviously kickers and swimming, which is, I don't know what that came from. Okay. Okay. I I have a question. I have a question. If LeBron James decided to be the Cleveland Browns tight end, (laughs) would he be an above average tight end in the NFL well, Jimmy, tomorrow. Jimmy Graham played basketball. Did you know that? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez oh, did too. I, I, yeah, <laughs> Antonio Gates played basketball, right? Look, look, you can be um, you can be like, a tight, is... you can be a tight end in the NFL, and all you have to do is be able to catch the ball and have the ability to track the ball in the air. So LeBron, okay, is, let me, let me, LeBron is. But there's a lot of blocking that goes on. No, but if you're a Jimmy goal Graham line tight end, oh yeah, he's getting, he's getting crushed if he's trying to block people. He's breaking his spine and his neck. Yeah, he's too tall, right? He, well, it's not that he's too tall. He just doesn't like. He doesn't know how to block. Like, if you have you ever, if you've ever, um, so I grew up playing rugby and a bunch of other sports. But for the first, this feels like you're stereotyping yourself. What by playing rugby? <laughs> you called me a potato already on this podcast, so you don't talk. <laughs> I didn't call you a potato. Right? I said Sam Darnold was a potato. <laughs> you, you you insulted my potato bread, right? All right. Um, but from the first, I think I started playing. I started playing rugby late. I started playing rugby when I was 11. But when they started playing at 6 and 7, all of their practice, all of their training, what we call it over here, was spent just learning how to form tackle. That's all you got. And the reason right. for that was, once you hit 11 or 12 or 13, no matter what you did on the field, your instinct was always to form tackle, so you never hurt yourself. You would hurt yourself in the sense that, like, once I hyperextended my elbow and cracked my shoulder or whatever, broke my collarbone. But you won't hurt your neck and you won't hurt your back. Whereas if you take LeBron and throw him in now, he hasn't done any of the blocking technique stuff that he needs to do. But if he wants to be a football player, you just throw him in the slot and say, LeBron, run over the middle, catch the ball. Good. That works. That, that even makes me nervous. Just do a fade into the end zone and you can't, can't stop him. On the goal line, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, Wouldn't that be more valuable? That would be value way more valuable in a game than a kicker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, if we just take the greatest, one of the greatest athletes ever and compare him to Sebastian yeah. Janikowski. Oh, that's the best argument against you getting rid of kickers. We wouldn't have Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, they'd throw his fat ass on the offensive line. He'd still yeah, play. Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. He wouldn't be able um, to smoke, though. <laughs> no, he could still smoke. Uh, Larry, or who was it? Kirk Morrison told me that Larry Allen, like, had chew in his mouth constantly as he played football, what which I thought was... Well, hold on. Why were you talking to Kirk Morrison? I was doing radio. I was hosting a radio show. Kirk Morrison was the was the professional the radio host. We're talking here. Professional radio host, as you can tell through you know my incredible leadership as, of this. As you can of tell by one of your earphones not being on properly. No, it's just the I don't like these headphones. So these are just replacement headphones for now, and and so it's it sounds better to me when I just have the one on. But um, but yeah. So and then I asked Lincoln Kennedy, another name drop, in the same show. I was like, hey, Larry Allen. You know, Kirk Morrison told me Larry Allen played with chew in his mouth. Isn't that dangerous? Like, couldn't he get hit and swallow that and then puke all over the place? And Lincoln Kennedy laughed at me. He was like, why would it be dangerous? It's just that's what guys do. Like, that's what did, football players Did Lincoln do. Kennedy's parents just, like, give up and they're like, let's just name him after presidents? 
It had to be, right? It's like, or you name him going, look, we named this kid Lincoln Kennedy. He's got to be something. Right. Oh, He's got to be some kind of successful. I remember they named him after streets that were named after presidents. That's even lazier. Oh. Yeah, that's... I noticed this earlier watching the Colts, though. Uh, there's a guy called Naheim Hines, and he's wearing a big gold chain as he's playing. And they yeah. all do it, and I just don't understand. How do you not like get choked out or something? How does that not break? How is it not painful when you get hit? Because eventually, eventually, Aqib Tlaib just snatches it off your neck. Yeah. So you it's, not a, it's not a health hazard. Um, uh, I played basketball with Freddie Jones. You remember Freddie Jones, the Chargers tied in? Sure. Uh, All right, tight ends. He played. He played in like the late '90s, early 2000s. He was a. I mean, he's a gigantic man. Uh, but I ran into a screen of his. You ran. As I was. Well, this is back <laughs> that's, when I was that's athletic. A good point. This, this is like 17 years ago. Slightly uh, jogged at a yeah, very okay, slow I pace. Into a, I, I was guarding Doug Flutie, and I came, and I and he set a screen for Doug Flutie, and I felt like I ran headfirst into a brick wall. I have you yeah. pictured Doug Flutie, in a. Doug Flutie ball by the way you you on a basketball court i have a picture there's a none of you will get this reference there's a great father ted skit where uh there's a guy play who's passed out drunk but he's a great soccer player so they put him in a remote control wheelchair that's what i have you in i don't have you out here running around oh back then back then i could really move but uh now yeah that's probably accurate now i did play uh, speaking of vegas summer league i played drunk once in a morning game this was like my second summer league is is there was like a media game that was going to be played at like 9 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., something like that, at some like random school that we had access to. And and I was up late the night before, and there was a certain point where I was like, I'm better than these guys. Like, they're going to be terrible. I'm just going to stay up all night. I'll drink all night. I'll stay up all night. I stayed up all night. I got to the gym. I, lay, I like got on the floor to stretch, and I fell asleep. Like, I fell asleep <laughs> stretching before the game. Spent like, I, I mean, I was, this won't surprise Tom, but I, I was chucking shots just chucking like it was it was so bad and and i spent the majority of the game uh just trying not to throw up on the guy guarding me because i was in such rough shape from not sleeping from <laughs> drinking way too much i was i must have smelled so bad like just all kinds of alcohol pouring out of my pores like you know it, was, what? it could have been pleasant this, oh you know who's guarding me scott schroeder this would be uh this is yeah this is he was guarding me i feel so i'm sorry scott this this is a great transition into uh, Tom's sleeping piece for recovering the NBA. You, yeah, you and Summer here, League hung I over. Say this: you should you should sleep if you're gonna play sports. You if you really want to learn how to sweet sleep better, just use Zach Harper's uh, stretching techniques. Yeah, <laughs> no, to sleep. Man, I was out. By the way, um, what was was Volvic in that study of water you did? Was who? Did you have Volvic in America? Oh no. That wasn't in that study? You just, no. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I wanted to find out if I'm drinking that, the right water. All right. The f- mineral water is actually good. Um, it says it's called water a volcano. Like, that looks like an Irish-ass bottle of water. It's Swedish. That right? bottle of water is super Irish. It's Look at that. Very green, green everywhere. We don't, have, we don't have volcanoes in Ireland. Uh, I can't yeah, see it's, where it's from. Um, France. It's French. Volvic. Yeah, I actually there's more if you go to LA and uh, you see all these like smart waters that are basically purified tap water. Um, if you go and drink like anything that says that it has electrolytes in it in a bottle, 
you go get tap water in LA, there are more electrolytes in that than actually in a bottled water. So just drink Au Natural, um, and it's a huge myth. It's it's all just fear mongering that like if you drink water, you're gonna like die from the tap. Um, but it's actually better for you. That is so anyway, a, that's a ridiculous American thing, I guess. It is. <laughs> it's, it is it's not but, something I encountered anywhere else. But this is the same country that like invented Diet Cokes, and if you drink a Diet Coke, like magically you're gonna be thinner because it says diet on there. So oh, do you have it's gonna do you have those people over there? Do you have those people over there as well who go into um what we call them chippers? And they go to the chipper and they go like, uh, can I get a large pizza, two chicken burgers, uh, large fries, and give me the Diet Coke? There's yeah. nothing funnier to me. There's nothing funnier <laughs> than people getting a Diet Coke at fast food. Like, it's it's just amazing. It's great. Or or like, I think there, I think it's like a Tenacious D skit. Um, actually, is just the, I'm watching my weight, so can I just have a, two, two uh, chicken nuggets? Just take the other three and throw them out. Uh, yeah. Watch my weight, and can you a, fillet a, a junior fish? bacon cheese? A junior bacon cheese. <laughs> and take two of the two two chicken nuggets out. Throw them. Just keep it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so did you have a question about water or sleep or something? I have no idea. I was going at this point, it's it's there's no point trying to go back to serious topics. I have a question. I have a question about water and football. Tell me, explain to me if there's any logic behind Don Shula not allowing players to drink water during practice 40 years ago. <laughs> like, what is the in Miami benefit? It's making in Miami fake toughness, fake toughness, yeah. No real toughness there. Actually, what do you um since you've looked into scheduling and sleep and water and all sorts of looking after your body and things like that, do you have Thursday night football takes and how bad it is? Oof. Not, do I have what not, takes? Not, not quality of Thursday game. Thursday night football. The idea of playing a football game on a Thursday after a Sunday. Four days after you've played a a, a car wreck of a game for three hours. There's a reason why there are no double headers in the NBA. There's a reason. You shouldn't have to play football twice in the same four-day span. Um, That's, and, and the NBA is largely just running. You're not getting hit. Like, you are getting hit, but not to the level uh, of football. I don't know. Um, I, Marcus Elliott, who runs uh, P3 Sports Performance uh, in, in Santa Barbara, he has, like, you know, dozens of NBA and NFL guys go through there. And he says the NBA is a harder sport than the NFL. Like the season itself is harder in the NBA than it is the NFL. Um, that do that's just due to like number games. of games, travel. Uh, it's just recovery, recovery. In the NFL, you have six days off where you're just letting your body recover. Um, and for a lot of the athletes, like you don't you don't need that much time in the NFL. But for the NBA, you don't get more than like two days of recovery. Um, and for a lot of the bench guys, like hey, they don't get to play, so they're not going to need that that all that recovery. But the flying um the the actual intensity of the sport um and the length of the season uh it's brutal so it's not just it's not like this like the nba players are all coddled like they're all making all this money and they're all just soft like there are actual guys who study this and are experts in rest and recovery and strength and mechanics that say the nba is actually more grueling of a season than than playing in the nfl I think people are going to react to that poorly just because they're only going to think of, hey, I saw an NBA or an NFL player get hit in the stomach with a helmet, and they're not thinking about the whole, all the other details of it. Well, then, then NFL players, why don't you play the entire game like NBA players do? They play offense and defense without breaks. 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that as the argument, but I'm saying that people are going to react to you saying that. That and your hot kicker takes. That's not true. They're going to be too, they're going to be too mad about Kia not liking their favorite quarterback. They're not even going to pay attention to that. <laughs> you, you have to stop fighting these people. Look, I, I, I went through it's a lot so of time. Fun, Tom, have you been in Kean's mentions before where they're just telling you, oh, he blocked me because I didn't like his take on my quarterback. All It's fucking insane it's the no the the routine is he blocked me because i disagreed with him then they pull up the tweet and it's like hey fuckhead why did you say this and i'm like no that's not disagreeing with me but i spent I a just... long time getting rid of all of these people out of my mentions and oh, off my time and now all he's doing is retweeting all of them i just like the idea that zach is is asking if i've been in your mentions like it's a state in the united states it's a cult. It's like oh it's a great have vacation. you been to south dakota before oh it's God. crazy it's a cult. Like, you got to go to mount rushmore and then swing through <laughs> kean's mentions and oh what a vacation like if you haven't been there man i mean it is a hoot as i put it the other day it's like when you introduce your new friend to your group of friends and it just it doesn't it goes really awkward it does not go well that's what it was like yeah I- I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless we've got more football hot takes from you, I think hey, we can. This is gonna be a big, big callback or crossover here. Um, a deep cut. Delaney Walker fractured his ankle. Yep. We have a Gordon Hayward situation here. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a way to end the pod. Gordon Hayward situation. Actually, yeah. more like more like uh, delimping around Walker, right? The ob- Delaney, the ob- not, walking. The, no, the Delaney ob- not walker. You missed the obvious one. Delaney sitting around. Wow. The sure. obvious one is Delaney Walker. Because he's lame now. No, you don't go for the Delaney obvious one. Limper, obviously. You see that low hanging fruit there? Just right go there. one branch up. One yeah, branch up. Walker is right there. Walker. He broke his ankle and none of I know. I fucked it up, guys. Okay? I fucked it up. I was like, Delaney Hobbler. I'm sorry. Delaney Hobbler, right. Speaking oh, of- that's good. That's the one. Delaney Hobbler. Delaney Hobbler now has to be a cobbler. Wait, what? It's a good way to end this pod. It's a terrible pun. By the way, by the way uh, we should have talked about none of us getting any sleep for this podcast because of last night. That's why we wanted to ask about sleep analysis. I was up at uh, 8 a.m. It was not fun. It, you know what? You know what? Um, lack of sleep. If you go sleepless, uh, it's the equivalent of being drunk. And the fact that Zach did not get hobbler or limper for Delaney Walker, it's an indication that he didn't get enough sleep, that he is, in fact, drunk. If I was drunk, I would have been better on this podcast. Should I just be? I mean, it's a little problematic because we usually do this at like 10, 30, 11 in the morning, but I'll get drunk for it. Jay, I need you to boss over this. 